Let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father in heaven, we do recognize that you are our creator and that you are an awesome God. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, for the, the opportunity, the privilege of being able to come together and to worship, to remember all that you have done for us in sending your son, the life that he gave, that we can be your people and have the hope that you've made available. Heavenly Father, we pray that when we look at your word, that we'll have eyes to see and ears to hear, and that you might shape and mold us evermore into being the people you would have us be in this world, that you might be praised. We ask all of this in your son's name. Amen. Ever been part of one of those conversations where someone is talking and another person cuts into that conversation, cuts them off, and begins to respond to what the first person was saying before the first person is finished? Husbands and wives are known to do that. At work, people do that. In fact, just about everywhere, you can find people doing this. And what has happened is that someone has stopped listening and has started responding. They've hit their re reply button. Or ever start reading a social media post or an email and you've gotten just a little bit down into it, and suddenly you know what it's all about. You have that person pegged. You know why they're writing it and what the rest of the message is going to be, and maybe there's the temptation that the fingers get moving like this. And then it's only a second before, hit that reply button, and a message is sent speeding on its way. Why do people do this? Why do we do this? Well, one reason is because we are confident we understand. A very similar reason is that we might be certain that we know the motivation. We know the reason why someone said or someone did whatever it is that they said or did. And we've got them sized up because we just know in our head or in our, our gut, we just feel it and we're certain. Or maybe the heart is just so full of the emotion and we're just confident in our heart of what they intended. Mark's sermon series, Twisted, is based upon realizing that sin misshapes and sin breaks us and how we respond to others. God loves healing what is broken. And with God's power at work in our lives, God can straighten out and guide us down a healthy path characterized by godly character. And we need our reply button to be under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And there are many aspects to that, many aspects to controlling the messages that we send. But today, I want to focus on just one difficulty, the difficulty of that quick response. And to illustrate it, let's look at a story in the Old Testament where we can see a danger. You'll remember, as the 12 tribes left Egypt, they went into the wilderness and they wandered for about 40 years. And that the, <clears throat> during that time, they actually conquered um, the nations that were east of the Jordan River. And there were some powerful kings there. 
The time came for them to cross over the Jordan, and two and a half tribes said, you know what? We like this area on the east side of the Jordan River. We like to settle down here. Moses said, that's fine, but your warriors have to go with the rest of Israel. They have to go and help the rest of Israel take their land. And once that is done, then you can go back. Moses also gave them instructions. And in Deuteronomy chapter 12, verses 1 through 11, God commanded Israel that they were to build one altar. One altar for sacrifice at the place that God would show. So, the time came when the forces had been conquered in Canaan, and it's time for the two and a half tribes to go back and join their families east of the Jordan. River, and we find in Joshua chapter 22, starting in verse 1, Joshua summoned the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half tribe of Manasseh, and said to them, You have done all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded, and you have obeyed me in everything I commanded. For a long time now, to this very day, you have not deserted your fellow Israelites, but have carried out the mission the Lord your God gave you. Now, now that the Lord your God has given them rest, as he promised, return to your homes in the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side of the Jordan. But be very careful to keep the commandment and the law that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you, to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to keep his commands, to hold fast to him, and to serve him with all your heart and all your soul. Then Joshua blessed them and sent them away, and they went to their homes. So, what do you suppose? <laughs> what do you suppose is the first thing that the two and a half tribes do when they get across the Jordan River? They build a big, imposing altar. <laughs> and Moses had commanded from God that there was to be only one altar in the place that God would designate and that is where they are to do their sacrifices but we find in Joshua chapter 22:10, the Reubenites the Gadites and the half tribe of Manasseh came to Gilioth near the Jordan in the land of Canaan and built there near the Jordan an impressive altar Israel responds to this they get up one morning they look across the river there's this giant altar they know that's not what God has commanded Joshua 22 and verse 12 when the Israelites heard this the entire Israelite community assembled at Shiloh to launch an attack against them here's a clear violation of God's word they know what God has said. They've experienced a lot of painful lessons in the wilderness. And now there's rebellion on the other side, and they're going to handle this before this gets out of control and other people get hurt. There can be no doubt. But they don't attack. They don't hit the reply button of obliterate. They do something first. Notice what they did. They sought to resolve. They sent a delegation across the Jordan to talk with the two and a half tribes. They remind the two and a half tribes of all the lessons that they've learned. They, they've learned lessons like when there's sin in the camp, when, when, when there is sin in Israel. It's not just those that sinned who get, end up suffering. The whole country, the whole community of Israel suffers. And so they have... They, 
<laughs> They've already realized if you guys across the river as part of Israel are going to do this and rebel against God, it's not just you that's going to suffer because of that. We're going to suffer too. Don't rebel against the Lord. They will also try to resolve the problem saying, hey, if you've discovered that the land over where you're at is not good, come over across the river and join us. We'll give you land over here. Here's the tribe's response to the delegation. Chapter 22 and verse 24. No, we did it for fear that someday your descendants might say to ours, what do you have to do with the Lord, the God of Israel? The Lord has made the Jordan a boundary between us and you, you Reubenites and Gadites. You have no share in the Lord, so your descendants might cause ours to stop fearing the Lord. This is why we said, let us get ready and build an altar, but not for burnt offerings or sacrifices. On the contrary, it is to be a witness between us and you and the generations that follow that we will worship the Lord at his sanctuary with our burnt offerings, sacrifices, and fellowship offerings. Then in the future, your descendants will not be able to say to ours, you have no share in the Lord. And we said, if they ever say this to us or to our descendants, we will answer, look at the replica of the Lord's altar which our ancestors built, not for burnt offerings and sacrifices, but as a witness between them and us. Far be it from us to rebel against the Lord and turn away from him today by building an altar for burnt offerings, grain offerings, and sacrifices, other than the altar of the Lord our God that stands before his tabernacle. Here's the point. Israel was 100% sure she understood what was going on. But she was wrong. Israel did have book, chapter, and verse. <laughs> you can't build that altar over there. And you can't sacrifice over there. But you see, this is the thing about understanding. For you to understand me, for me to understand you, it's dependent upon interpretation. I depend on interpreting your actions and what you say and what you're doing in order to have an understanding of you. You do the same in order to have an understanding of me. We do it toward each other. We do it toward everyone else. To have an understanding of anybody, of what's going on, you have to interpret it. If you see something that's sort of orange and black stripes, and it's big, and it's got teeth, and it's walking at you, you have to interpret it. <laughs> and if you don't interpret a lion, you're gonna be in trouble. But you have to interpret. And Israel interpreted. And sometimes, sometimes, when people interpret, they're wrong. We're wrong. And what, even when we feel it in our gut, and we just know that this is the way it is, or in my head, I just know, and or I feel it in my heart, and my heart is just full of emotion because of a situation and my understanding of it, we still might be wrong. We need to listen. Please don't mishear 
This is not, against, this is not a statement against being, um, holding conviction or, or being certain, but it is a caution about jumping to conclusions even when we're co- confident we're right. So the delegation listened, and they learned, and they accepted what the tribe said. Joshua 22:30. when they heard the defense, they were satisfied. The two and a half tribes, they're not sinning. They're not trying to rebel. <laughs> they're just trying to ensure that their kids can come across the river and worship God. That's all this is about. Notice that they've been confident they were right. They discovered their interpretation was wrong. They didn't insist upon their interpretation. They were open to new information, and they allowed that to shape and create a new understanding. And this story illustrates the value of using our reply button with godly principles. We can use our reply button and send things off to people to serve God's purposes or to serve the enemies. We can tear down and destroy. We can build up and help educate and show love. We need our reply button to be under the lordship of Jesus Christ. So what can we do? Because we live, we live in routines. Things happen so automatically. Ruts. We just have a way of, of acting and, and it just happens so fast. And we need to snap out of it. We need to snap out of just the regular routine. To give ourselves the opportunity to respond with godly options. And so we can stop the S of snap. We can stop and become self-aware in this moment. <laughs> and I can notice, what am I inclined to do? I'm inclined to bite their head off. <laughs> I'm inclined to, to give, to interrupt them. I'm inclined, and notice my our inclination of what we're inclined to do. We can ask, how can my reply button be under his lordship. How can my reply, my response, serve God and not the enemy? And then pivot toward a godly option. And I'm just going to give us three quick godly options this morning. The first one is listen first. (laughs) Make sure we listen. And although we might feel certain that our understanding, our quick analysis and, and conclusion is right, we need to listen. In fact, Proverbs gives us wisdom. The wisdom in chapter 18 and verse 13, the one who answers, the one who gives an answer before he listens, that is his folly and his shame. Listen. Proverbs 29 and verse 20, have you seen someone who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Another thing that we do, another godly option is to check to see if my understanding is in fact accurate. If you love people, you want to seek their well-being. And to accurately understand someone is for their well-being. So a tool that we can say is, here, let me tell you, here's what I heard you to say. Here, what I heard you to say was, and repeat back in our own words, give them the opportunity to correct, to change, to alter what my perception and interpretation of them was. And they can go, no, it's this. And just like the tribes, I can go, oh, I misunderstood. But to give them that opportunity rather than just come right at them, like the tribes are ready to just come right at those two and a half tribes and destroy them. Check the understanding, listen. And maybe we've misinterpreted the situation. And so that 
checking our understanding and listening first can help us hitting a reply button that would be inappropriate. But maybe as we check the understanding, we discover, no, these people are trying to dishonor. These, these people are being aggressive. That They are trying to, to do me wrong. And maybe that is the message that's coming across. Well, how can we use our control, uh, reply button in that situation? What can we do then? Another or third godly option is this. We can choose to overlook an offense and to pray for them. That's a choice we have. Not an easy one, but it's a choice we have. Here's some wisdom again from Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 16. A fool's annoyance is known at once, but the prudent conceals dishonor. James chapter 1 and verse 19, let every person be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Paul would remind us in Romans chapter 12 about the Lord's way of living, and he says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Jesus gets to the heart of the matter as he was teaching the crowds and he said, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. You see, it's because of whose we are that we pray for those who mistreat us. It's not a question of whether they deserve it. It's a question of who do you belong to? Who paid for you? Who is supposed to be organizing and driving your life? And that's how we respond, based on whose we are, not on whether someone deserves it. We don't deserve what the Lord has given us, and we pass on what others may not deserve either. It's because of whose we are that we live in this way. Well, one aspect of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. As people whom God is shaping, we need to control how we engage with others. We need to live in the Lord's way, not in a twisted way. Our reply button needs to be under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And so by listening first, by checking our understanding, by overlooking an offense and praying for the someone who is trying to be belligerent in some way, God can use us as his tools for his purposes in a world where raw reactions would serve the darkness of what is twisted. God's power has made us new in Christ. And let's fulfill the purposes of the life that he gave us. So this week, we can choose to use SNAP to pivot toward God ruling our reply button. We're going to stand and, and sing... I'm redeemed. And if your mask is off, you can put it back on at this time. Let's stand. Sweet is the song. Sweet is the song. I'm singing today.